Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home each week, we take a look at the latest news, maybe break down some turns and all to give you the lowdown on the low end. Uh, this week we are lucky... I guess to be joined <laughs> by the wonderful returning guest is Matt Parker. Yeah, the crowd goes. Pause for a pause. No one else was available. Yay! Yeah, it was it was a very short notice. <laughs> Filler episode. Um, Matt, our dear friend, thank you so much uh, for joining us this evening. Thanks, um, how the devil are you, sir? Oh, I'm just wonderful. Thank you. I've come off a string of. A lot of gigs, and now I've got wrist pain. So I'm looking forward to not having anything again till Saturday. How Is that you... what you call them, gigs? Yeah, gigs. They weren't. Johnny, they, don't buy there was no that. music don't. involved. It was just only fans. No gigs. <laughs> I like them silent. <laughs> yeah, it was like an old black and white Fantastic. film. Um, how are you guys? How many times? How many times have you thought about the Roman Empire this week? Just, I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> My mind is just drifting towards Memento Mori constantly. <laughs> god i hate that meme so much but i can't stop laughing oh i feel like oh we might struggle to get out i know i really do feel like every man has just gone like collectively if i am asked about the roman empire i will say i think about it every day like it's like as a species we all just went yep roman empire every day so so i'm in the opposite field where oh i i was surprised by this like Sorry, what? I probably haven't thought about this since I had to in school. <laughs> I'm in a Facebook nice. group and I've been in it for a long time. And it's like, we pretend the internet is the modern uh, modern Roman Empire or something. Like, something like that. It's just everything is just like, everything is in like shit Latin or like everything is Roman Empire memes. And it's, How has uh, it taken this long to come out? <laughs> we've all uh, been... and, can, and more importantly, can you invite us to it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I want to be, be involved, you know. Yeah, you, Johnny, just, uh, you're, either, you're, you're either into it or you're not, Johnny. Oh, I'm into it. I've just joined a. Uh, I've just joined a Facebook page today, which is literally called Pedal Boards for Dickheads. And I'm like, I'm so good. So I joined it today, and there's one member. It's <laughs> no, the first what the first post is this guitarist who's clearly playing a bar gig, and he's got like one of those like triple satellite. No. John Mayer, like no. John Fushikante, like mental pedal boards. And he's Why like playing in a pub. <laughs> yeah, he's got like three huge like pedal train pros and there's something like 30 drive pedals. It's absolutely well, brilliant. Well, you never know what kind of room you're going to be in, you know? What kind <laughs> exactly. of vibe and sound you're going to need. What era of Tube Screamer do I want tonight? <laughs> what I've got my Wazacron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got wow. the Wazacraft and the retail model, yeah, just in case. 
you know. Shout out Don't want to spoil the crowd. Bloody hell. Well, we could be Brilliant. all day to just talking the shit. Um, talking about Wazers all day. <laughs> Wazercraft pod coming soon. Um, on this podcast, we like to answer your listener questions. If you at home, I have to point out the camera, not at my face. If you at home want to ask questions on this podcast, you need to go over to Instagram and follow us at In The Pocket Pod. We will put up a post on there, share who the guest is going to be. And yeah, like the lovely people did today, you can comment down below and we'll ask the questions uh, and form it all together. We do store your questions. So if your question doesn't get asked, don't worry, it might get asked, answered down the line. So yeah, In The Pocket Pod on Instagram. Chris, what is our first question? That was smooth. It's also not smooth when I highlight how smooth it was. <laughs> the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. You know, absolutely, uh, Matt. It should come as no surprise that this question is, of course, aimed at you. Um, question one: Dim the lights. How far do you go with modding bases? Well, I feel like this is very yeah. There's just no going around it. Like I used to uh, run a guitar teching business before. Um, before I do what I do now, essentially. So um, I will do pretty much most mods myself from uh, just like a nut to refinishing the bass or guitar. Um, I recently just changed the neck on my Bits of Jazz. So it had a 71 American Jazz neck on it. And I've just put a Vintera um, 50s P neck on it. But yeah, I'll do pickup rewiring, uh, you know, whatever really change things from active to passive or back again and i'm pretty happy to do refins and all kinds of weird shit fret levels refret doesn't really bother me so i'll mod anything i am cognizant to vintage stuff i have a cutoff point of 1980 for modding anything vintage because 80s kind of like it is obviously old now but it doesn't have the same kind of value as something like a pre-cbs fender or like even like a 70s one like you can still get a cheap 80s fender really um so i don't typically tend to mod things that are irreversible after that point and if i do mod anything i make sure that i keep everything somewhere safe so that i can like move it back if i'm ever going to flip it um but yeah i'm kind of happy to mod anything really a modern base literally machine heads bridge probably immediate upgrades unless they're like pretty good or hip shot or something or goto beforehand but yeah i'm happy to mod anything really um i'll definitely give it a go modern base it's got mod in the name you know it's just that's <laughs> it um, especially when you can get like such good stuff uh, at such low price now that it's just like great foundations you know prime for modding there's it's it's quite a good skill set to have now because you can get you know so much out of the money i think money i think you and i was you and i were saying this weren't we with like the glary and stuff that like last time we were together it's hard to buy a intrinsically bad instrument now like even that at 80 quid was playable out of the box so oh, like it's still playable now like I've yeah had it's... it around for weeks and it is so good. i pick it up all the time because it's very light as well i'll just pick it up yeah. and play it and it still feels great like it's, it's really good and modding that brilliant you know? it, it's crazy so like i remember even like when i guess we would have been coming up like i got my first guitar when i was eight and i remember like my dad taking me to the shop and being like we need to try a few because some will be bad and his experience has always been that like 
he my dad's born in the like mid 60s like obviously started playing guitar kind of probably in the 80s and then he was like most guitars in the 80s are bad unless you're buying like a full fat fender or like a jv squire which is what he ended up with but you know he was like everything is bad <laughs> basically and like you see these like lawsuit era things now and there's some really good ones like um grecos and like shaftesbury's and stuff which are great instruments and then and like bernie's and stuff but then you had like just like you know random no name bolt on neck les paul stuff with like abysmal fretwork and neck gaps and like just you know bad instruments intrinsically yeah. and you just don't get that anymore cnc has made a huge difference like cnc just has made sure that everything is a tight tolerance now so like if, as, as long as the original cad file is correct basically everything gets made the same doesn't it so like yeah. it, it like squire is a great example squires since probably 2010 i think have been just excellent instruments like your um 40th anniversary p that you had was so good and like yeah. you know if you bought that for whatever they you can get them on toman at the minute for like 230 quid or something crazy <laughs> it's, it's crazy Insane, isn't it they're, it, they're low in stock and i don't know why they're going for so cheap i mean i guess they want to shift them but like it, it's mad I, I'm, I'm so tempted to buy one because for 230 quid you'll not get a better base um yeah. and that so if you bought that you put some good tuners on it you put a good bridge and you change the electronics out, you'd probably be in for what, say 450, 500 quid. So you'd be in the cost of a second-hand Mexi Fender, but you'd have like... And would an... you keep the pickup the same? <sighs> the pickup in it is really good, actually. Like, okay. it's, a, it's right. a good pickup. But for the sake of argument, let's say that we're changing the pickup out as well. So you could be in it for 500 quid and you could be in it for like an exceptional instrument at that point because the wood is the wood. That's not changed. The necks feel great on them the finish is nice they look good you know you could change all the electronics and hardware out of it and suddenly you know you've got like an absolute beater of a bass that you know you can go and gig and record with and you're in it for 500 yeah. quid yeah yeah the, you're, um, you, you're absolutely sorry. right i mean i was just thinking about my um that classic vibe that granted has been sat in the uh case for quite a while i should probably do something with it um i got that second hand off a friend for 75 quid <laughs> And so I mean, I'm going to put a very big caveat in and I'll explain why it has currently got EMG pickups in it, but uh, which are probably worth about five times the, the amount that I got for the base. But they're going and I'm going to put like some more like authentic, passive, st like standard Fender Jazz pickups in there. But even before I upgraded the pickups, I always thought it was a really good sounding bass and it, it used to be like my jam night bass. So I'm used to lots of people grabbing hold of it and using it. And more often than not, you'd get it back and someone would go, that's a really solid bass, that, for a Squire. Mm. And it's because it's, I mean, at the, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, Matt. The, we think it might be like, what, 2012? Yeah, I think Classic we ran it, didn't we? That's when it came out around about then, didn't they? I think the, the Yeah, free, but I don't know how old that one is. I just know when the Classic Vibrain showed up. But it's it's it, you are absolutely right about things like, even excluding Squire, you've got obviously like a little bit more expensive, but like Sire, and then you've got all the Harley Bentons. The new Ashdown bases are in a really low they price range. They are going to kick the fuck out of anything in that price point. I'm so, and I know I say that as an Ashdown artist, they are gonna kill everything at that price point. I've played yeah. all of the new ones, and they are insane. Yeah, spoiler they, the net, for the, the video I've got coming out. Yeah the the neck profile on them is like a perfect 
like modern-ish J feeling neck to me. It's oh, like oh okay. really? Yeah. So so I thought you were gonna say P then because I think they're quite rounded, so they fit really nicely in the hand, but they're not a huge nut width. No, so, so they're thirty eight mil nut, uh, they're thirty eight mil nut width, which is jazz. And then they've got like a really, they're quite deep front to back, but they're like a really round profile. And they're, they're almost like, they, they are, as far as I know, a C shape, but they almost feel like a U shape. Like in that they've got this, like, they feel like a 70s jazz neck, but they're roasted as well. So they feel so good. Yeah. And like, Ooh. that is the kind of jazz neck that I actually can play. Like, I know I've spoken to both of you about this, but I get like bad wrist issues. And if, if something's deep enough front to back, I can play it like at a 38 mil nut width. And they, I played them all day and I was just like, this is the one, this is the one. Um, and they just they just feel rock solid as well. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah. feel good. They sound great in a live room, which is where I was playing them. Like I was just super super impressed with them. The finishes are nice as well. Yeah, that always helps. That always helps. Yeah, it does hundred percent. I've I've got the roasted range here, apart from the short scale. And yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna talk to them about buying one of these off them because they're just phenomenal. And for the price, it's like insane. Yeah, the Saint PJ as well was like a really good all rounder. The um the pink one that you've got, I played that as well, yeah. and that was just that sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I know, doesn't it? The P pickup in that, especially for me, is like the real winner in that one. Like it just sounds like so meaty, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Like it's so it's so punchy. Like in a live room, it was just like blowing me away. I was like, oh, this is such an articulate P, because sometimes I think they can just be like a bit overpowering mids and then not much else going on but do you know what the weird thing i got when i played it and this was through the hx stomp um which my classic go-to for all demos is galleon kruger head ampeg svt 8 by 10 cab sim the feeling i got is i was like oh this, this sounds like an ashdown amp this sounds tuby this sounds full and it was just from the bass you know and even from the di i was like this sounds really rich and full and it gave me that Ashdown feel. And I was like, wow, I've got this just from this pickups on this bass. Like, really, really cool. So it's just really dynamic bass sounding bass. Yeah, it's so weird. It's really dynamic. And it, like, I don't know if you've noticed this. You probably would have having played them. But like, acoustically, they sound really nice. Like, it, they just sound like really kind of like harmonically rich. And in particular, the low rider just sounds so spanky unplugged like i picked that one up out of like again when i was up there i had like you know the rack and i was just like picking them up playing them pick, putting it down and getting another one and i picked that one up and i was like boom just slapped it and i was like whoa this thing sounds so bright unplugged it just sounds like so spanky and, and that's and those how i'm gonna choose to play them from now on i'm not gonna plug in microphone to the bass that's all you need <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm a real purist. I don't want that DI tone. Pfft, yeah, please. You just, you just want analog room, <laughs> analog room sound. further now. <laughs> <laughs> or that organic string sound. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, um, I mean, back to mo back to modding. Um, what, Chris, you've got some mods on your base. Um, how far do you think you'd take it with a with a mod project, or how far have you gone? Um, oh, I've not gone any further ever than changing pickups, and I haven't done that. It's It's gone to someone <laughs> to change them. I mean, I suppose the most modifications I've ever done is uh, I've changed the strings. That's probably the furthest I've ever gone with kind of like mods and stuff. Uh, I've noticed with, uh, oh, what bass was it? With the Godan, the Godan was like the first bass I ever like adjusted the action myself. So like I'm not a like 
a, a DIY guy, you know, in terms of like, I can change this, I can change that. I need to, because it's important to know these things, but especially in terms of modding, like I would like to, I was going to do a little bit of a mini mod project with my Aerodyne and take the pickups out because I, I don't want the pickups anymore. And then it's got a badass two bridge on it. Or is it a high mass bridge? It's a high mass bridge. It's what it came with. And I've not played it enough to decide whether I like that or not. Maybe that needs to change. Um, tuners, I don't... Again, they're all things that I need to have a look at and decide, but think, it's a bit of a bit of a Frankenstein-y kind of base, but yeah. If they're original, I think the Aerodynes come with Goto tuners, so I'd probably leave, oh, maybe. Them, I'd probably leave them on there. Um, all of the things you mentioned, though, are mods. Even, you know, even like yeah, changing yeah. the strings, changing, you know, all those things can well, make if you're, a difference if to you're, the sound. If, you, if you've got a bass that comes with your classic like 45 to 105, and you're like, oh, I want to try 100, or I want to try this and up the gauge a little bit and put those like, that's like, are they called beefy slinkies or power slinkies? The the, the what slightly one up ones. I have no I idea about any of the Ernie Ball range, but it's a really no, me neither. Just they were just the first name that popped to mind, but that is technically a mod. It's just not a. Oh yeah, so I've 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 put an Evertune in. It's not like the same. <laughs> it is still a mod, but it's just a a significantly more simple mod. Go on, Matt, you make a oh, more no, valid point. I, no, that's fine. I was just going to say that actually as well, like the strings are the first thing you typically interface with when you're playing. So like yeah. if you went from, say, like rounds to flats, that's a really noticeable mod. Um, mm. You know, you might have to do a little bit of like a relief setup or, you know, change the saddles height a little bit. But if you want to change the feel and the tone for 40 quid, it's the cheapest mod you can do, probably realistically right that's going to be a performance mod not like a pit guard or something but that'll massively change the intrinsic nature of the sound and feel of your instrument yeah 100 or I... it's going to go all the way then and go uh, if you buy a different pick for uh 65p you'll find uh, a difference in mid-range when you go from the 70 mil to the 90 well, you know, Shut that does up, make Chris. a difference. Even, even what Phil was saying about like him holding his pick different on a different way around, yeah, you know, it can yeah. change. Well, that's a, well, that's a feel thing for me. I don't. I really don't think I've ever. I mean, maybe I should give it a go. Like record a little bit of a one mil, and then record again with a point six. I don't know if there's a sound difference, but there's definitely a feel difference. Oh, for sure. I can't um, play. When you said thing. about sorry, sorry, Matt. When you said about um, uh, oh, pick guards. That is my guilty pleasure go-to mod. Like, it's such an easy thing to do, but can totally transform a bass, breathe new life into a bass as well. Like, if you've got a bass that you're just getting a bit bored of, have a think about, oh, well, how can I visually make myself a bit more interested in this um, and just change it up, you know? I'll go one further. I'll go one further. Don't buy a new pit guard. Just take it off for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, That's my little secret sauce hack. If you take the pit guard off... And provided all the pickups and everything aren't like connected to it, Exposed. and you can still use the bass, yeah. If there's not you feel like, like you've got a new bass for a few weeks. It's sick. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love no pickguard. Like, like your Godan, you know, looks sick without it. Yeah, I, I, I really do prefer the Godan without the pit guard because it's like it looks the wood's really good. It's got a nice grain to it, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have this naked. That's how I feel about my bits, uh, like honey jazz, because like that I still one. Want with... to see it. Oh, I'll just grab it. Um... I want to see it without the pickguard, man. I can take it off quickly, I think. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, oh. 
Live on air. Oof. If you're not if you're not watching the video version of this, head over to YouTube. That uh, would be really channel. cool without the pit this, guard. Have you yeah. seen a photo of it? I've definitely seen. No, it. Yeah. Well, we, we did, but it had the old neck on it. Now with the roasted maple oh. neck, I was like, oh shit! Like now, I want to see it. I can do this live on air if you give You've me. You've got to post a picture of it, man. Thirty seconds. Cool. Because I've only got two screws. Um, whilst you do that, my my modding knowledge kind of stops a little bit in electronics i'm i'll hold my hands up i'm i'm crap with that kind of thing uh, i've got a guy um and i don't mind throwing a guy i know and like you know a bit of cash to uh to do some work for me um and, and just for a catch up you know that, that's fine by me but um yeah it's it's my problem is that every base i mod i end up some reason not enjoying down the line and i don't know why and then I get it in my mind that, oh, if I feel like I've got a mod this, then I'm not going to like it and all this. Mm. And it's this weird state of mind that I point, find though. myself in. So um, you try a base and you're like, oh, that's so much oh, better. Oh, look that's at that. That's so much better. See, yeah, I like this cool. one with the black because I like that the if you look at the um, machine bushings, they're black. And then, yeah, I don't know. I'll keep it off for a bit, though. It, I just love cool, the, Look at that. You, need like to, you should do flame uh, ash. Do an on or on or off post, you know. See if oh, people want to do that. Um, I forgot to say at the start, um, and we'll do it at the end. Uh, if you guys want to go and check out uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt, if that is your name, um, go and check him out on Instagram at Matt Parker Base. That is it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one, baby. Um, yeah, awesome content on modding. This, you know, you had a reel recently which is doing really, really well nearing 60,000 views uh, on on modding, you know, on modding that base there. On that base, about. yeah, that was the Vintera uh, neck one, so just running people. If you've never changed the neck, it is pretty easy. It's about an hour all in, um, and that's if you're, like, semi-competent with just hand tools. So, yeah, it's not a big job. Um, what I will say is that you probably are going to have to do quite intensive setup once you put a new neck on, just mm. because everything will then for your old neck, it might have a different radius of the fretboard and stuff like that. So you will have to know how to do a setup, um, but that's probably going to be in the next video I'm going to do actually just run people through how to do a setup with like yeah. basic tools. Like no, cause like I've got like radius gauges and stuff obviously to do like proper setups, but like there are ways you can do setups without needing that. Like, you know, if you're happy with as low as you can go without it buzzing, then like I can run you through how to set up yeah. something without any of the tools. So I think that's going to be in the next video, just using the same base again. Just being like, look, here's what you need to do. I'll raise the action as high as I can get it, and then we'll take it low and figure out how to do it. Super valuable knowledge for everyone. So definitely can follow Matt to uh, check that out coming soon. Um, there's one more thing I was going to say about modding, I think. Um, it's just just try something new do do what you can yourself and then um if you need to get someone else's advice in always do it you, you know you don't want to do more damage uh, to an instrument or or end up ruining something for yourself so i think don't be afraid to reach out and uh get advice and help from other people when you're doing it so yeah lovely shall we gentlemen move on to our next uh audience submitted question i think we should I always miss the interludes. I keep thinking the interlude's going to kick in and it's not, but... Dance time, yeah. Dance, <laughs> monkey, dance. Question two. Bit of a long one, this, so hopefully I, I nail it in the first take. We'll see. This is obviously for you, Matt. Would be funny if just, like, Johnny answered them all instead of, like, Matt. Just Matt, <laughs> just Matt hasn't there, spoken quiet, quiet hasn't spoken for the entire episode. I'm Hello, happy, everyone. I'm happy with Johnny to answer, if you want to answer. It's his podcast. Okay, Johnny, so... 
Uh, what's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> my lover. <laughs> All right, my love. Right, question two. Get on with it, Chris. What's your approach to original projects compared to his, and by his he means you, Matt, function band work? Are they both kept completely separate slash compartmentalised? That's a big word. That was a big word. It's, it's big funny for this it's completely that I messed up. Um, are they both kept completely separate slash compartmentalised, or is it a crossover? For example, playing styles, tones, note choices, etc. Question mark. Um, that is a long one. So, just so I understand, is my original stuff in any way related to my function stuff? I think it's a, for me. I read that question as like a kind of how do you approach what you do with your original projects versus how do you approach doing function work? Is there a crossover? If so, what is it? And then some of the examples could be playing styles, tones, note choices. Okay, playing so for. Yeah, so for function stuff, I typically um, I do a mix of like bands that I'm just always in, and then depth work. So for depth work, I'll literally just do whatever they want. It's not my band. I'm probably going to play between one and three gigs with them, unless you know I get called back like once a year because someone can't do another gig. Like they're regular bass player. So whatever they want is what goes. I will take a bass that I'm comfortable with. Typically a five string for depth work, just because people move keys around a lot, and I don't want to have to use like pitch um, correction and with like a pedal or anything. So typically I'll take a five string just because it's easier. I actually usually take the signature model um, just because it's light. It's a nice neck for me. I don't have to really think about playing it. It's just one of those bases. I pick it up. I know where I am straight away, and it's just easy to learn two hours of music in a couple of hours and then be able to go either gig or to rehearsals. So flat EQ, bass I'm familiar with and whatever the client or the band wants in terms of like, you know, literally their guidance, they go, okay, on bar eight, we're going to do a break where it's just vocals. I'm like, yep, fine. It's not part of the original song. I don't care. It's your songs. It's your performance. I'm here just to facilitate you being able to do that performance. My bands that like are regular giggers, I have more flexibility. So generally they don't try and change keys too much. So it's usually within a semitone of like original keys um, most of the time. So actually I can play most of the set list without a five. I still often take the five just because it's a bass that I enjoy playing. And again, it's an easy bass to play So for me. So... It's one of those ones that I can just concentrate on giving more of a performance to the crowd. If it's like, say, like a, you know, quite a busy festival or something like that and like throw myself around on stage a bit and know that I'm not going to be like fluffing notes and stuff like that. So from the point of view, taking that pressure off and being able to give more of a good performance, I like to have that kind of comfort level tones again i don't typically tend to do too much i've got my preamp pedal set up how i like it now so i generally keep it quite a flat eq i have compression on full and then i have like quite a mid scooped drive which is just my go-to for drives like i like to take the mids out mainly um what is that for the listeners? so for the function stuff it's the walrus audio bad water typically um i have just got this guy i don't know if you can see him okay um I've just got this guy, so I'm going to start using him. The new Ashdown um, Pro Bass DI. So I'm going to start taking this guy out alongside the Walrus and just B2B in him. 
This doesn't have a compressor on it, which is the only downside for me, but it does have other cool features which kind of almost like balance it out one way or another because it's got like active and passive like padding and it's got like um, a cool like um, pre-EQ scoop on it and stuff like that. So like that is actually quite useful. I've been using that for just like doing some demos for people recently and I'm actually, well, that's, this scoop thing is actually really fucking cool. Um, so what does that What does that do actually? Is that is that some sort of like preparation before you even like begin using the pedal yeah so it kind of almost changes like the voicing of the pedal if that makes sense i need to like okay. um i don't know at what frequencies it cuts it yet um oh, but okay. Okay. it makes it sound like for, for me in to my ear it's a mid scoop so it takes like a load of like the like quite aggressive mids out and then you get almost like a it sounds when you run it with the drive it sounds like a lot more modern um okay yeah. so because it's got like a valve emulation drive like channel on it 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 makes it sound a bit like clankier for less of for a lack of a better term rather yeah, than being like that woolly drive that you would yeah, get clanky with like clanky is a word that you can just say and every bass player goes oh yeah yeah yeah, Perfect. yeah rather than it being rather than it being like a woollier drive of like a warmer yeah. vintage valve always makes drive. me laugh that how does how how is warm a sound? Do you know what I mean? But then we don't go, but then we don't say cold. We say like brittle or yeah, like clangy. You know, but do you know what I mean? That. Like I've always, yeah. ever since the second someone went, oh, it's very warm. It was like, it's not, the window's open. Like it just, it just, it just doesn't make sense to my brain. But yet we all, we, we all do it. I, I feel like, like it's really... become. Go on. No, you. I was just gonna say, I feel like it's become synonymous with like a rich tone. Like it's, yeah. it's like a soup, isn't it? It's like tone soup. It's a warm yeah, I always, tone soup. I always perceive... make you feel fuzzy inside. <laughs> yeah, <literally>. yeah. <laughs> Again, fuzzy, not a sound. Fuzzy is a feeling. See, see, fuzzy. Like, I think you can say that that's like a sound because it's like because you can have like that staticky kind of like woolly sound and i know you can say woolly's not a sound but like yeah i know but you just described fuzzy by using two other words instead so do we need to use fuzzy and also i guess you could think about fuzzy because you think oh fuzzy fuzz, fuzz pedal oh fuzz so this is kind of what i was talking about it's last very week, wet chris what does that mean <laughs> oh it sounds so soggy moist yeah. tone it's a bit dry it's um, not a cake. Last week, I was talking about the way that, like, um, Yvette Young talks about tone yeah, and, yeah. And, and shapes and uh, colors and, and that kind of descriptions. And, th and that, it feels very much like this conversation where it's like, we know what the, these words don't mean anything, but they, but they do at the same time. I would I, like yeah. to discuss with someone, like, the actual, like, almost create a categorization. Like, for me, warm, I always think, like, oh, maybe there's, like, a bit more low mids. Or it's, you know, a bit of the trebles come off. So it's kind of got that, you know, I'm trying not to say warm. Does warm feeling. Well, yeah, it's like, that's a really good point, actually. Like the association of a valve tone is usually got a bit more, fuck's sake, a bit more warmth to it <laughs> compared to like a solid state tone, which is a bit more, I was going to say punchy then. And I'm like, that's <laughs> definitely not a sound. Does guitar and bass warm sound different to you because it does to me like warmer it, guitar tone would be like with a bit of the tone scooped off and stuff like that you know it's oh, i was gonna that. say a warm guitar tone might be a bit and again i'm sending another one might be a bit barky 
See, no, I don't associate warm with barky. I'd expect on like the bridge kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. you don't use bridge snappy. for a warm. Th- yeah, snappy. Like yeah, snappy. Spanky. No, but I'm thinking like a, I'm thinking like a a Peter Green, like you know the out of phase, like mid punch. Punch again. Punch is not a sound. God. Anyway, <laughs> punch does make a sound. <laughs> a punch does make a sound, and it's nothing like a bass. <laughs> wow, that tone sounded great. That's ow. <laughs> What were we talking anyway, about? Anyway, I actually can't remember what were we talking about. Oh, oh we were question. talking about we're tones. Talking about... I was yeah. actually asking you about the pre EQ on the Ashdown pedal, and you were saying you're not entirely sure. I don't know what what it does, but yeah. when you put the drive on, it's, it makes um, it sound more modern. It's got that. It's got that clank. <laughs> it's the clank. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be using that as alongside the Walrus. So that was the mm. two functional covers things, and then originals. It depends who you're working for. So I've. If I'm just doing like solo writing, I'll just like, I don't know, throw both pickups on the Vorosaku, throw a ton of like soppy old reverb on there and then just do like, you know, chord stuff. Sopping, sopping with reverb. But like, oh. I, you know, and then I'll, and then I'll use the LB30 because it's so warm. Um, but, <laughs> but like if I'm doing like metal stuff, which is quite, kind of like a lot of what I do, then like it's kind of depends on what project it is. So like whalebone stuff is typically in kind of like a sharp so again i'll use the voronsaku i i want for that one that's what that bass was specced for so i want almost no treble in my signal at all all i want is lows and mids um i'm probably going to be running like fuzz like not massively like on but like i'm gonna have say like i don't know 20 percent of my signal is going to be a bit of fuzz like just just on basically but to like give me some like yeah 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 you know saturation essentially and then and then you know or i might run a drive um i like to keep sometimes i double track as well so i'll keep a signal clean and then i'll have like a the duplicate the signal and have like either reamp it or you know use like a plugin or something i was gonna go nerdy with you then when you say you're double tracking are you recording duplicating the track digitally and then reamping but you're not so you're not tracking it twice depends so I'll, I'll do both if i've got like a really really intricate bit where i've got like a perfection take i'm like yeah like i, I don't i really don't think i can do I, it twice. i cannot get this yeah. as accurate as this twice like it's like you know you've everything aligned and it's like oh the the master take you're like okay yeah. fuck it there's no point me trying to get it again and it sound worse like the project mm. needs to sound you know what's better for the project me you know trying to stoke my ego and trying to go for a second take or just know yes. that I did it, what i need and duplicate it sometimes so what i like to do though is with the base six do a separate track because it sounds slightly different and when you track with the base six on things you get this kind of like sympathetic string vibration behind the bridge and in the, over the nut and you can do some really fun stuff with that but um like that's a fun one to like just do a completely separate take or i'll use like two completely separate bases just for different like tonalities so like i'll have say i don't know an example might be i'll have a jazz bass clean pickups like both pickups on full tone and i'll get that almost like kind of super scoopy bit more scoopy than like a p bass but you've still got like that neck pickup coming in and giving you that kind of like p bass approximation it's not the same thing but you know what i mean like it gives you an um, kind of a similar ish vibe yeah, yeah you a get away with it kind of thing and then and then i'll have that clean and then i might run like a bass with like mini humbuckers or like i don't know a pj or like you know two humbuckers or something just weird and different as like my drive thing to have a bit more punch 
but you know give me some maybe more trebles or something like that and then just like be like okay you know here's this here's two tracks so um, that sound more different. experimental and you know oh, open to 100 percent. like it's for me it's like what does a project need and how much leeway have i got is it like uh is it my originals in one of the bands that i work with or one of the people that i record with like all the time or is it like I'm doing originals, but I'm doing originals essentially as a session guy, where for they're like someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and again, it's, it's like good difference, different, different, different. What difference? Different. Differentiate. What I'm looking for? Differentiation. Warm. That's the one. <laughs> My brain is just so fuzzy right now. Um, <laughs> different. Diff. Fuck. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing to notice that those two things are different. Yeah, like, you know, like, and I think as bass players, we all know, like, we're not the, I wouldn't say typically we're like the ego players of the band, you know, we're often a supporting role. I've seen that Chris guy. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Don't go watch him, trust me. What a knobhead. But you know what I mean? We're we're like, fundamentally, we're in a foundational role. So we're there to support the song. What sounds best? How are you allowing the guitar player to go and take like a solo that they want to go and take and keep like a cool groove going keep that back like that back line essentially going and carrying the song so that people can go off and do freely shit like i will say that recently some of the most fun i've been having from uh doing my own original stuff is um i've got a project with chris from funeral for a friend we've not like we've just i think i think we've got like seven or eight tracks exclusive exclusive um yeah and we've got like seven or eight like death metal tracks and they've been so fun and the first time i started tracking them i really had to kind of like up my game because he does like tons of like string skipping riffs and they're super Mm, fun and they sound amazing but you cannot play them on bass like you have to do tapping and stuff like that and like you're like arpeggiating chords through tapping and stuff which is like super fun but like tapping has always been something that i've not been like particularly interested in as a player so I had to do it for this to make the song sound how I wanted it to sound and to like almost keep that octave relationship between guitar and bass going. And that was so fun. And it's actually really made me into tapping a bit now because I'm like, oh, actually, like this is really fun if you're playing it like, you know, in the right context. Um, I've just done a I've just done a major like tangent in my brain. And I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what it was going to say. Um, I Speaking of Funeral for a Friend, Whenever I have to play like something silly on bass for people to go like, "Oh, Chris, do this," I'll always, I'll always play. I and I'm trying to remember the name of the, the funeral for a friend song. It's the guitar part that's a tap where you tap on the seventh and ninth of the D and G strings, and then you hit the B, and you go like, "Da da 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 da." Roses for the dead. Roses for the Dead, I play that on bass with a lot of fuzz on, and everyone oh. goes like, oh my god, he's so good! And I'm like, thanks, this is like the first tapping thing I ever learned when I was 13. I'm going to let him know that, and then he's going to come, he's gonna come for you. You should let him know. He can have a go at me. Yeah. <laughs> no, skip he's, the fate, he's, yes. an absolute, he's an absolute sweetheart. Shout out, Chris. Um, yeah, no, escape the fate, fucking hell. Isn't, that's Ronnie Radke, wasn't it? Was it? It was, well, yeah. yeah, it was. And then now he's... Isn't he like... A felon? No. <laughs> I think he's a, a felon. cheeky old fellow and felon. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I don't. I think he actually is. You know, I think something he, quite bad happened, and he can't leave the US. There's yeah. something weird going on, and now he's like, yeah, he's like calling bands out. It's very trapped esque. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I, 
have enough interest in it to know. Not a fan. No. Um, I actually saw Escape Fate at Slam Dunk this year, and I thought they were really, really bad. Is he still in that band? No, 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 no. No, He hasn't been in that band for years now. He's in Falling in Reverse. Oh, yeah, of course he is. But like that, that first album from Escape the Fate, you know. I never got into Escape the Fate. I was probably, I'm trying to think of what I was listening to back then. It was probably like a combination of like Meshuggah and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> <laughs> now just, that, now well, that's that is a lineup I would go to. Oh, I'd go to that right now. If someone sent Meshuggah retouring with my cam, like, I'd be like, take my money. Take in my the money. car right now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I don't care if it's in Sweden. <laughs> we'll drive. It's fine. Yeah, that we'll would be we'll, we'll you know what I want to see. Absolutely. It's got a new tyre. <laughs> it's, it's got wheels now. Absolutely. What would be one better than um, Meshuggah? Would it be Meshuggah opening for My Chem? Because the reason why I think that would be better is because you'd have all it's the My be. Chem fans. <laughs> having my chem fans who don't know haven't got a clue what they're listening to or in absolute At horrible what, exactly but what i would rather see is i want to see Meshuggah covering a full set of my chem songs but it's still what's his face playing drums thomas so like teenagers with the over the top of it that would be right up my street I've always wanted to do a Meshuggah and Disney crossover project. Yes. Was it after the burial? Or was it Betraying the Martyrs who did that cover of Let It Go? I have no idea. No. I'll find it for you. It's it a very... like a band that needs to be formed, guys. True. It's, it's very good. It's like a super heavy version of Let It Go. But then when the chorus kicks in, it's super heavy, but they've gone for like big pop vocal production oh, and it's it. it's so good because they put like a big screamo section before it and then the chorus kicks in with piano and everything and it's oh it's so good it's so good well, what were we talking about speaking we were talking of so about... good uh your playing style uh matt how how would you say it kind of differs with your original stuff to you know because some people might just be like oh, i'll just play a finger style i'll just play with a pick the whole time but like do yeah. you find yourself so cover stuff i actually mainly play finger style to be honest which is funny because like on instagram i barely ever do but um yeah like i i try and separate those two things actually because i want to keep my finger style up to speed and when i first started playing bass i only used to pick because i'd come from guitar so i sat down for like a year and just forced myself to play just finger style stuff and i like was learning like, i had to do that require lines and like jacko and stuff and like now to be honest i would say i'm probably as if not more proficient with my fingers than i am with a pick i can obviously hybrid pick and stuff which i do like just for the gram mainly but i don't really ever do it that for projects because it's a bit it's really good if you're doing that kind of like polyphia trap stuff where you're kind of like having that fun relationship with like hi-hats and like a kick and stuff but for metal obviously you've just got that underneath it all the time and so it's like this is just getting lost in that and also i'd rather just being like and then like doing some tapping shit so finger style a lot of the time it functions i try and throw a little bit slap in now and then as well so i'm lucky that i'm in like two uh function bands for like weddings and stuff where they do quite a lot of like funk in the set so um i try and do a bit of slap just to keep that going but yeah and then for the metal stuff i typically use a pick and then i'll obviously tap sections as required so yeah that's kind of what i do it keeps you fresh no 
because I'm sure there'll be people at home listening. I'm one of them um, thinking like, God, like, I wish I could play like that. And how can I get? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. To that level, um, we'll try not to stay on it for too long, but are there any kind of recommendations you give people to, to access that higher skill level or those different techniques any particular songs or bands or or yeah yeah just advice for sure so if you want to learn any kind of um good modern metal slap stuff look at my guy jacob umansky dude's beast absolute beast and he's taught me loads as well like, he's a really nice guy um but um also i think it was last year the like I'd always been really reluctant to take any kind of like formal education in terms of like technique or theory. And then I kind of sat down, I was like, I've got some missing information that in this repertoire of mine that I need to kind of acknowledge. Um, and so I kind of did a bit of self seeking and was like, right, okay, well, I need to humble myself a little bit and realize that I'm actually not as good as I, you know, should be. So I but took two or three lessons no, i took two lessons with clay gober and it was a little bit a while ago actually it wasn't last year it was the year before but it was during lockdown i took two lessons with clay gober of polyphia i took two or one jacob taught me how to double thumb uh, uh felix felix pastorius taught me some theory stuff um i was basically just like right i'm gonna take impressive name drop there at the end Felix oh Felix is killer dude yeah um he's so smart like he was just like blah here's all of this theory and I was just like whoa 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 whoa. what's a major scale um no but like he was just like telling me stuff and it was like literally blowing my mind um he's killer um so if you ever need some really concise theory training reach out to him um so yeah i took i took those three lots of lessons with those guys so it was probably something like four or five lessons in total and then because i like self-learning a lot i took those like very foundational elements of what i was trying to learn off them and then just sat and shedded them so like double thumbing like i sat and literally just spent days and days and days doing stuff like that so it, it is a graft certainly with double thumbing as well because a lot of the time you're doing lines where you're like hammering on with a finger first and then go like and so you're going like hammering on with your like say like your ring finger and then you go with the thumb and then like so you go like that and like you're like trying like you're you're having to train your left hand to be out of time 
which feels mm. weird because you're used to going like and you're going you're hitting it before your right hand is making any sound so you're gonna and then you're just doing that like hammer on all the time but ahead of everything else so out of time with with your right hand yeah so that's weird um but you know that's um it's just about shedding it hybrid picking i would say just hit me up i'll give you a lesson if anyone ever wants to learn that because it's such a long way of explaining like it's really like it sounds easy ish when you're hearing it until you realize that like it's going to take you ages to get the dexterity in these three fingers to be able to do it like in any kind of way that's concise and you also with the hybrid picking you do quite a lot of this as well so you're going like it's like it's basically the same as double thumbing but using the pick all the time um so that one just someone if you want to learn it send me a dm we'll have a skype lesson or whatever um and then finger style if you want to get up finger style i would learn things that have a lot of um quite like rhythmic disco is really good for it anything that's like and it's just got like a really solid foundational thing where you're doing like i don't know you know eighth notes or sixteenths or whatever you want to be doing and then you can start throwing like octaves in and stuff because it's really good for like learning like floating technique because you've got like a light finger and then you're going like like that and stuff it's just like chic is good for it bernard was a killer bass player um jacko line really good line um really good line to get good at disco is uh, i don't feel like dancing by the scissor sisters mm. because it's it's octaves but um a lot of it is so you'll do the, the root octave, the lower octave um, once, but then you'll very quickly jump up and hit that one twice. Yeah. So you're going boom, da da boom, da da boom, da da boom, da da, and you you need to do that like the song does it almost all the way through nonstop. So it's a nice little. But once you get into the, you know, the lower, higher, higher, and you're doing it, you're not you're doing it with strict. I was going to call it strict alternate picking, but it's not strict left, right, left, right you're not always hitting the low string with the same finger, so you're jumping at a a weird uh, cadence for the right hand. But once you get comfortable with that, I found I got really quick at jumping between the strings with the right hand. It's amazing what other skills that can bleed into. Like, I'm taking you on to other songs and be like, oh, God, I'm so much better now all round. You know, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, any Wolfpack songs are really good for that as well. Like, they're just really, really good. Like, you know, um, obviously, like, it goes without saying, but, like, Dean Town, like, it's a bass anthem these days, obviously. But, like, bringing that one up to speed and the consistency from the start where it's like a minute of... I was just going to say... Yeah, everyone thinks about the boom, 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 when it gets into it, the bit that everyone's dancing to. But that bit at the start, you don't realise how <laughs> fast and consistent that is. And and you're fucked by the time you get to that. It's like a pre-exhaustion. It's like it's like playing bleed. Like it's yeah. that level of tired. Like you're just like, make it stop. But that one disco Ulysses is really good for those disco octaves as well. Like ding dig a do 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 like that one's really good. Um and then um Runaway by Jamiroquai. That's a really good fingerstyle yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. So those three, if you want to get good at fingerstyle, those ones are good. And then if you want to get really good at fingerstyle, you could do stuff like and it's not more of a stamina thing, but more of a kind of like string skipping esque exercise. Do stuff like um 
Teen Town by Weatherport, Jacko. Um, that one is like my go-to all the time, even for warming up and stuff now. Like I just love that song. And it's really good because it's got like octave. So you're like string skipping and it's got like a load of like really fast chromatic, like I think 16s or something like that. So like it, it gets you across the fretboard really fast, but you're kind of doing like like fun string stuff in between. It's, it's a really good song. Um, and that one's like a good little workout. Um, and it's fun to just throw jazz bass on the bridge as well scoop all the tone and just go honky um but yeah that's a good one um and then pick stuff i mean how long's a piece of string you know what i mean if you're just a guy who wants to just go like dun dun and like just do solid like root chugging it's called it's called learn all the black album <laughs> yeah literally and then and then learn all of master puppets basically just get into metallica and you'll be fine well do you only down do you only downstroke or do you um like alternate pick well well am i having a good day or a bad day i actually almost all the time alternate pick um i have noticed uh that video i sent you to which is an instagram reel i haven't uploaded yet i I only realized when i um watched it back i did loads of down picking for that entire set and it was for an indie wedding band I just just with a, I did the whole set of a pick, and because loads of it's just eighth note stuff, like a relatively jumpy tempo, I was just going da 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 for ages. But I would say for bass, um, I'm just thinking through like say like the Dala set for example. It's a lot of alternate picking, but it's not it's songs. Gotta that, be. But it's but it's not songs that you have to alternate pick. I could down pick all of that set easily, but. I don't, I don't want to. But then if I picked a guitar up, I'd be like, no, 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 I want to down pick it. But that's from spending too much time looking at James Hetfield as a teenager and I, going, yeah, it's not that hard. I've always been alternate pick. And I think it's because you can keep your hand like super tight and just like yeah. just do that little... Like I'm all about these days, certainly. Like just like e- economics and stuff like that. Ergonomics. It, yeah, sorry. 100%. Like, and I think I've said that maybe last pod as well. Like I just try and keep everything as like... I have to move as little as possible to get what I need because then you're like, you know, yeah. you could play like, I think it's coming from like long sets as well. Like, you know, if you're playing original just, stuff, just just about to say long that what, yeah, sorry. everything, pardon, long sets. Yes, what? Oh, phew. what, what? <laughs> uh, I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, everything. I noticed lots of changes in my playing when it went from you're playing for 30 minutes to you're playing for three hours. Yeah. Like so much, so much changed in terms of like, I noticed as well what I used to do, and I didn't. I didn't know I was doing this until I realized I was doing it. Not necessarily wrong, but you know how Geddy Lee is quite famous for like coming down on the string from quite a distance, and that's how you get that absolute wallop of a of a, a pick attack with fingers. I realized when I started playing bass, I was doing closer to that, so coming in from really high down into the string, and it did sound really good. I was I was really happy with the sound. But I get 25 minutes into playing and be absolutely annihilated. Mm. And then I only realized when I got into like the function and the wedding scene and, and playing for so long that I realized I started picking, you know, starting the motion of picking way closer to the string. So now it's like I'm barely, I'm barely leaving the string while I'm while I'm picking. But in terms of like the the picking, in terms of down and up strokes, I think. I think it's from an influence perspective. Like my biggest, one of my biggest musical influences is James Hetfield. So it's all about down picking for me because every time I do anything that's like long periods of down picking, I'm like, yep, I am James Hetfield. I am now in Metallica, which obviously I'm not, but I'd really like to be. 
Yeah, Call I, I feel like when going between playing style, like um, techniques, I'll, I feel like I'm a different player. Like I will all of a sudden just gravitate towards such different lines if I'm playing. Oh, I do too. Pick, Absolutely. Like, totally yeah. different. Um, and yeah, I think bringing it back to, to Matt's point about um, learning all these different techniques, it can help you across the board and broaden your horizons when you get more and more techniques in there. Uh, and it's a difficult thing to do, teaching yourself and, and realize, coming to that realization and that fear, oh, I get this all the time yeah. of the fear of having to admit that I'm not good at something or I'm, oh God, it's like I should be better and I'm, I'm not facing the music literally um that i need yeah, to get better hard, at this it's hard to admit that you're like really crap at something for sometimes quite a long time before you get good at it and the youtube comments have been telling me for a long time that i'm terrible mm. so i don't know why it's not getting through my skull but there we go i, um, I think for me now it's more of like i i realize like how long i've neglected theory for because like now i'm like trying to deep dive theory more i'm like fuck that makes so much sense like why did i never think that and like i've even bought just like recently like maybe a month ago i'll i'll find out who it's from but like i bought this like circle of fifths wheel thing just come like this is going to be a learning tool for me like i'm not good enough to just be able to think meh, meh, meh. so like now i like literally i sit with this little shitty buck that he gave me and i'm like ah yes this all is a thing and i'm like just trying to get that in my brain you know what i mean and like i've just been like deep diving modal stuff and things like that just to try and get a bit better because like, i feel like tech... all, it all fell to pieces with me with modes that was when when I, everything up to modes i'm i'm pretty comfortable with but then it's just i get so bogged down in the am i lydian now no because the chord is a c so it's locrian no it can't be locrian because you were just playing you know what i mean it's like you get all mixed up in what does each one sound like and the only one i'm good at is I know Lydian sounds like Joe Satriani. That's literally all I can do. <laughs> well, what I started doing is that, like, because I started learning it, like, one way, and I was like, and they're like, learn the tonalities of the modes so that you can hear if they, like, sound, like, pensive or, like, kind of a bit, like, you know, like, Middle Eastern kind of thing, because that's what the people say, right? And, like... Well, yeah, because as soon as you play, like, Phrygian dominant, everyone, you're either in Slayer or the Middle East. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I just don't really get those vibes from the way that i'm learning it in this way and then i heard someone say just do them from root notes so like say you're in the key of i don't know like let's just say like a for just the sake of this start each mode on the a so like you know how like on a major scale you'd kind of like do from an a you'd kind of like do like a fifth seventh and then eighth fret or whatever it is yeah fifth seventh and eighth um no sorry yeah. fifth seventh and then you'd move up string so like rather than like that second note becomes your a then and then that third note up a string becomes your a like and you've just started the mode from the a but you're not doing it as if you're just like moving a major scale up a like a fret every time kind of thing and then it made way more sense to me and i was like oh actually you can really hear the tonalities and that thing if you're playing like over a drone or something like that yeah at, at that point I, I, I was gonna i was gonna say the way um to mention Joe Satriani again, the thing he mentioned was he would get a piano and he would just play, a, a, mm. let's just pretend it's an A, he would have an A going and he'd keep his foot on the sustain pedal and then he'd go, right, okay, A Lydian and he'd mess around in A Lydian and be like, what does that sound like, the relation between like, kind of like, oh, the sixth is sharp when we do this one yeah, and yeah. then he'd go, right, okay, well we'll do Phrygian now, which has that kind of like 
again, that Middle Eastern kind of flavor. And it would be like, I need to get used to what do these notes sound like against that law drawn? Because in isolation, it doesn't matter, does it? Because it's all like, just sound scale. Yeah, they yeah. all just sound like scales. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm still pretty much just playing a major scale. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They all just sound like major scale. Um, I think that that's a hand, the drone bit is a thing that people can try for themselves at home like all even YouTube. if this is going yeah, over people's yeah, heads yeah. a lot of it goes over my head you know on a level of the playing field here a lot of this goes way over my head um so but i can take i can relate to this slightly in that drone part because i've done things exactly like that where i'll, I'll just be like right i'm just gonna literally go in logic have a drone note and then just see what happens from there and you kind of and without, I don't know that I'm doing it, but it's this theory coming into it where I'm finding the notes that that fit with this or that sound isolated. I, I wouldn't, I've never, wouldn't have never yeah. have come up with this, but because that drone is there, it fits around it, and I'm playing something around it. So. Yeah, you're doing you're doing the exact same thing. You just you just don't have the names associated to them, which yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would argue like no one really cares if you go well. Actually, this one was Mixolydian. People are just going to go, well, did I like it or or not? Really? I, I, I find that for like original stuff a lot. Like no one has ever asked me like, you know, what, like what's the corresponding like modal tonality of this piece of like fill that you've done or whatever. And I'm like, I don't like, I, uh, realistically, I'd not be able to tell them. So I'll be like, the next I, question I, on the podcast. So. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, speaking of next questions shall we move on yeah um to the final segment of the show bit of context before i uh say this episode's question even though uh it's not really a question it's more of a statement so this is in relation to a bit of a conversation we were having the three of us uh, a couple of days ago or was it earlier today it was a few days, days ago, ago yeah a few days ago the passage of time means nothing to me anymore um I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. This is just, I can't believe you think this. Um, this is, I'm quoting Ma- Matthew Parker here. <laughs> Did you just <laughs> that, I mean, that puts to bed anything you're about to say. Just undermine oh. yourself completely. I don't even care. You, like, could, li- you could literally like, pro- prove the, prove like, the appearance of Jesus right now. And no one would believe you. I'm going for it. To... I'm going Will... for it. I'm going for nice. 2015's column, oh. baby. I'm just, I'm just, skip, <laughs> Nice. Someone's been watching his Drag Race. Very good. Yashway at the end of this. Yes, Sasha. Sasha, you stay. Um, okay, so um, is this absolute dumpster fire garbage quote <laughs> from Matt Parker? Oh, I hate you. The base six. Is my desert island base? Go on, dig yourself out of this. So I feel like to caveat, what I mean is that I think it's my desert island instrument. So as a tool, oh, as but but that's not no, no, no. You said though, is it, Matt? No, because I'm a bass player. Objection. So (laughs) yeah, I mean straight up, and I don't mean that as it's not my favourite bass that I own. Um, It's certainly the most useful. So what i mean by that is you guys have heard stuff that i've done on the base six that's not on the podcast yet but like you can do so much with it you can make it sound like a bass you can make it sound like a guitar you can do really nice like shoegazy intros with it you can crank it through a load of fuzz and it's a doomstick it's just 
It's one of those instruments that just does more, does more acceptably. It's like, it's a real jack of all trades. So like, that's why it would be my desert island bass mm. because I'd be able to play bass and guitar and make soundscapes with it rather than just being on an island with a P bass and being like, okay, cool, I can do P bass sounds. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I'm saying that statement. And I'm also here to fight the good fight of the bass six is a good bass. Like, I I feel like it gets a misservice because every demo ever on YouTube is a guitar player trying to play it like a guitar and stumbling because mm, there's yeah, too much string tension. And they're like, I'm going to play a fuckload of really complex chords and it just sounds muddy because oh, they're not... Awful. They're not playing it properly and they're playing it through guitar rigs. It's like, yeah, I've got a fucking boss katana and I'm going to play this shit through it. And I'm like, you're not, you're not tailoring a setup to the instrument. What you're doing is you're trying to take an instrument and run it through your regular setup and it's going to sound suboptimal. That yeah, being at, said, at best, it's going to sound like a guitar with a pitch shifter in front of it, which is not a bass. I think you can get good sounds from doing something like that, but you have to play it the right way. Like you can't just be like chucking chords on it and normal stuff. You have to have the purpose. Hundred percent. Like and so to fight that good fight, like I regularly gig mine as the only bass on stage, and I have never ever had someone come up to me and go, "That was shit bass sound." Like I took it out for a gig on Saturday. Well, we haven't gigged together yet, but you never know. <laughs> Wait till the boys see ya. Chris just, is Chris is a base six. Chris is, Chris is a base six denier. Um, I genuinely, I genuinely, if I had the money, I think I'd just buy one and then still swear blind that I hate it, but gig it loads. Almost like a weird irony. Worst money I've ever spent. Chris, Chris oh has ne- Chris has never played one, and and is still on this like pedestal of like how Chris it's has not... played one. Chris has played one for about five minutes, I think. I did say it was actually quite good. But the internet has decided that I hate them and I can't work out whether I should actually say, well, no, actually, I did try it and thought it was quite good. I thought it was a, it was cool. Or just branding. Chris, your, your personality's boiled down to three things of hate. Basics is short scales <laughs> and knobs on the inside of something. <laughs> hey, the third one, I will, I will die on that oh, I'll stand, I'll stand by you with that. I'm I'm always willing to change, but not that one. That is the dumbest idea in the world. Yeah. Base six is just like a real double whammy for Chris. Oh, Absol- absolutely! Just the controls will be on the inside. On then Matt's gonna model. mod it, make it active, and put all the EQ controls under the scratch plate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to, to remove the trem. You have to remove the trem to get the battery in. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to. You can only. Um, you can only do it with a key from a gate yeah. of three houses ago from where you used to live. Yeah, in Norwich. <laughs> yeah. The translation for the password is on a kebab menu from 1997. Staple to a staple to a router somewhere in um, <laughs> like Uzbekistan or something. Like it's that. not a tone knob; it's the warmth knob and the moist it's, knob. It's just and it's the sounds that aren't sounds. And all it is is like it makes your like note that you play like a really like drawn out like Wigan accent going warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's right. Falls. Warm, no oh no (laughs) micro it's always nice getting bullied by two southerners i'm from fucking sheffield (laughs) (laughs) yeah you say this but you know fake northerner fake northerner yes all right alex Alex turner calm down (laughs) but the basics is Don't play awesome. it. I'm not going to play it. Don't worry. I've got a mute on, haven't I? 
Um, yeah, I mean, like it's a killer thing. Like it feels, it feels like a short scale bass to me. Like the string, yeah. the, the string spacing is tight, obviously, but you know, this switching is really the secret sauce of this instrument because I can't think of many other triple single pickup, single coil basses where you can do like neck and bridge as like one super wide humbucker, or you can just have a middle, or you can do a strangle switch, and it sounds way more like a baritone guitar. Like you know, it's just tonally is such a versatile palette that you can make an entire song string section from one instrument well before we go on let's have a listen to the different things you can do out of that by uh, listening to a couple of the sound samples that you've brought along So some quite different sounding tracks that we've got there, all recorded on the same bass six. Um, I was really taken back by some of these because they they sound so different. You would I to me I was like, they don't sound like the same bass, surely. Um, we had a slap one in there, and I heard that one first, and that's kind of more what I was expecting from the bass six in like a more in that kind of setup that scenario. Um, and then we played the rock one, and that's the one I want to start off talking about because that really took me back. I was like, oh, yes, I get it. This sounds great. Like, it really showed the versatility of this tool uh, that is an instrument and sounded great in that context. It, like, wouldn't sound out of place. Like, if you just had that in a band scenario, I probably wouldn't have thought twice. I would have been like, oh, that sounds like maybe a nice short scale or something, not like, yeah, it's bass six, which I suppose in a way is a is a nice short scale but like yeah it didn't sound uh, a, a lot of people wouldn't have thought oh yeah that's basic just sounds like a normal bass um explain yourself what was the idea going into that one? so that tone i was just trying to make like an approximation of like a good it, probably in my mind it was more of like a rock p bass type sound or maybe like a mustang something with kind of like a split coil so what i was running is the f two front pickups on that um and then the strangle switch and the bridge pick up off so you were just getting like full balls out bass but with no bridge to like brighten it out um and because of that you kind of do get quite a good p approximation because you've got that single coil in the middle which is very reminiscent of like a 51p style and then you just add more warmth and probably a bit of a low end boost by running the neck in as well 
Um, that was with the tone probably about like 85% as well, just to like round it out a little bit more. Um, and then I just ran it through the Origin Effects DCX bass um, to give me some drive sounds. Oh, wow. um, and that was like a real winner combo for me. Um, and that's kind of just to show anyone who's like, it doesn't sound like a bass because they've heard, I don't know, like, you know, some generic guitar player demo on YouTube playing it. I was there to show you, you no know, through a bass rig, playing it like a bass player, it sounds like a bass. So that was kind of where I was going with that one. And I wanted to show that really it can sit in the mix well alongside a kit and fulfill your requirements as like the fundamental like backline ensemble instrument type thing, you know, as like a bass and drum relationship. So that's kind of the logic behind that one. It's interesting you say about fitting in with a kit in a band situation. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. Because when you hear them in isolation, like uh, the the slapping one, you know, I'll be honest. When I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't love that." And be- and that's because, it, out of context, I don't think it sounds like. What am I trying to say here without saying, "Oh, it sounds bad"? Because it doesn't sound bad. It sounds good, but it doesn't sound what you'd expect from a slap tone. You know, I mean, I'm expecting to hear a jazz bass or like uh, a, a stingray or something like that. Something that's quite poppy and, um, yeah, doesn't doesn't sound like that. Um, but when you put it in situation with the drums, you know, different story. Uh, it, it, it sounds good, and, and people wouldn't pick it out as being like, oh, "That sounds bad." Um, so it's just about putting that mix first, isn't it? And oh, oh. Showing that can do it on the slap one as well i purposely went on the back pick like i could have been more deceitful with that one and brought the middle pickup in as well and that would have made it sound a lot more like a jazz bass but i wanted to show what the single coil on the back the bridge pickup sounds like isolated as still like using it as a bass so like strangle switch off because typically what happens when people want to use it as more of like a baritone setup is it's on the bridge pickup and or maybe the neck with like reverb or whatever but it's typically on the bridge and then they've got the strangle switch on to take all the low end out and then it sounds a lot more like kind of like that tic tac sound that people know so um <laughs> it's tic tac bass yeah it's like a it's a the way that they used to call that kind of like country and western bass so it's like ding 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 Thing. Like it's called like tic tac bass. I prefer Eminem bass <laughs> or polo. Um, but then I also kind of like you know because a lot of people have this preconception with basics that because the string spacing is very tight, you can only play it with a pick. And so I just want to show you, you can actually slap basics. You know you're still hearing all those percussive like like triplets in there and stuff like that. Mm. And it was just like you can actually do all of that with it as well. Obviously, it sounds very kind of like. 80s 90s slap tone where it's like all treble and like it almost sounds midi but um you know it's it i wouldn't say that's my preferred slap tone but again as you said if you heard it contextually within a mix i don't think you'd be like oh there's something horrendously wrong with this you just probably like it's quite a honky slap tone um it's an interesting thing that we have to admit sometimes that i don't have to have this perfect tone by itself to to be the best thing in the mix you know um now i am for the listeners at home i my experience with the basics uh, i've had the Schecter hellcat and i've played the squire one before um 
Schecter Hellcat was very similar, but you could have humbuckers in each position and then split them. Um, so like six different sounds essentially. Um, and you know, and I really enjoyed that. Really got along with it. So my experience with the bass six is kind of like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to replace any of my other bases with it, but it was good fun, and I wrote some different things with it, you know, and and used it in both contexts in my demo of like guitar and bass and like how you could use it in combination with all of those. Um, Chris, I want to go to you now because I'm. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle where I can un- <laughs> I can understand the frustrations with it and like oh well I do that, but then at the same time be like yeah I, I've I've owned one. It's good fun, and you and as Matt's demonstrated, you can get some good sounds. How are you feeling right now? I, again, the internet thinks I dislike this instrument a lot more than I actually do. <laughs> it's convince me. I know. Just lean into it. Like I think, I think Matt, you do an excellent job of well as well of showing um, an actual usable bass perspective of the instrument, like. I've watched those, I remember those initial demos that came out on certain quite large publications where uh, it was basically just a naff baritone guitar and there was no, there was no like interest in terms of like capturing a uh, a bass player market. It was like, yeah, this is a really cool like guitar-y bass thing and maybe some bass player will try it and maybe they'll like it. But the two tones especially that you've shown today, I mean... You could have told me that was like a that second, that more rock tone. You could have told me that was a P bass or some sort of short-scale Mustang. And I would have believed you. I wouldn't have doubted it for a second. And yeah, the slap one is is very MIDI. Like, it sounds like it's a MIDI bass, which is kind of cool at the same time. But they're both perfectly reasonable things. Like, if you know, if I'd gone to round to yours for a brew and I had a gig around the corner and I'd forgot my bass and you handed that to me, I'm not going to go oh, it's completely unusable, I can't play this. I mean, I probably can't play it because I'll get really confused looking at it. I have two questions, actually. One, what is it tuned to? And two, what do you string it with? So, great question. Um, mine is strung, uh, or rather it's tuned slightly differently. Um, okay. So, even though I started as a guitar player, I've not really played guitar Disgusting. properly. <laughs> Says Mr. Guitar in the corner. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Chris Hetfield. Um oh, basically oh. <laughs> he's just got a boner. Um so man's bricked, man's bricked up. Fully <laughs> um, pitched tent. I tune mine E A D G C F. So Ooh, okay. I So do not it. the E at the end. No. So okay. nowadays you're my brain... in fourths. Yeah, everything's in fourth. Okay, right. My brain doesn't work with that random B in there anymore. So, like, it just fucks me over when I'm trying to play shapes all the time and it just pisses me off, frankly. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, you just I... kind of ruin it when you play guitar and go, I'm staying here. Oh, no. Got to yeah. move everything Ooh, one okay. fret up. Yeah, Yay. It's pointless. And, like, often with the bass six, I'm not playing. You can obviously play chords on it and stuff like that, but, like, I'm. My reference point on that instrument in particular is like bass chords. So like yeah. I don't yes. I I don't I'm not trying to play like a really long bar chord or something like no, that. No, like you're playing guitar. like tenths that, and ninths. And yeah, stuff I'm like playing that. like triads, a lot of triads and stuff like that. Yeah. So like 
it makes more sense to have everything kind of in fourth and shapes remain exactly the same as like if I was playing like a seven string bass. Like, you very know, it, good it, point. Yeah. So I play it very much like a bass player. I have had it strung E to E, like a normal guitar. It's fine. Yeah. Like, it's cool if you want to do like an octave under a song that you know on guitar. So, like, I do sometimes just for fun play like Smith songs on it and stuff like that. But, like, it's tuned standard one percent of the time yeah. typically i have it up i want to so, watch someone absolutely like rip sweet child of mine on it like <laughs> you know what slash loves Dover. slash loves basics he collects the vintage ones he's got like yeah, he's passed it as a musician in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um so i have it tuned uh with the c and the f and then okay. um strings Strings, you get your own Fender Bass Six gauge set. Right. Okay. So I was special about strings. That. Yeah. Special strings. So they are essentially the bottom four. So th- this is one of the things that's very frustrating about the Bass Six. From okay. Squire, it comes with I think an eighty-four bottomy, rubbish, which, which is pointless. So the first thing everyone does is restring them with the proper gauge set because Fender make a Bass Six set with a hundred low end. So it's like okay, it's so what, they, what is is it like a one hundred to a well I don't know what a forty two? Uh, I'll have to double check. It's probably maybe. I was just thinking about like the lower of a guitar would be like a forty eight. Let's have a quick look. Fender. If I've nailed this, I actually say forty six. Twenty four to one hundred. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, it's low. They, they go thinner yeah. than the. So yeah, well, it's because it's got that high F. So it, yeah. I know you don't really play six string bass, but obviously I do no, quite no, a bit. No, no. Like so, like a high C would be somewhere yeah. in the region of like between a thirty-three and thirty-five, and then I've got the F right. as well. So I like see. you would go, you'd go obviously. Yeah, thinner, yeah, in my brain I was thinking. Oh yeah, I wonder why. Why did I think that? I thought the high E. I, I'm thinking if it was tuned as a guitar. The high E of the bass six would be the exact same E as the low E on a electric guitar. I mean, so a four, like a forty-eight, the same, but not obviously it's, it's an E, but like yeah, the, it would be the same octave as as that. It's the same pitch. The, the, it? It's the same pitch, but the right. the okay. scale length is so much longer. Oh, I'm, you, you know, what, I'm you so, yeah, that'll explain it. Like idiots. Yeah, that will yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you got like an extra like five inches of scale or yeah. whatever. So don't, yeah, Johnny, obviously... don't don't rise to that. No, come on. <laughs> I'm already risen up. <laughs> My you guy's careful with it. It's like, and you've got to really watch what you say around Johnny because the eyebrow just goes. <laughs> the best one you got me on was when we were talking about something into. Oh, we were talking about scale lengths because I didn't understand. It was a couple of episodes ago. I couldn't remember. Like, okay, well, what is medium scale? What's short scale? And you were going through all of them, and at the end, you just went. And three inches is Chris Horrocks. I'm a simple man, you know. I like I'm simple, simple man. Dick jokes, my base jokes. I saw, I saw, I saw something that was. Uh, it was something like uh, selling, uh, selling dick for forty dollars an inch, or 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 all three for a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. I got it. No, you can explain we'll it to me later. We'll That's wait. been lost on me. Say it again. <sighs> so it's like, explain. Are, are we really going to explain the, the, the joke? The person has a three-inch penis. Because they've said, said it's say this the much joke per again. Just say the joke inch. again. Selling dick for forty dollars an inch 
or all three for a hundred. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. Not three I, didn't pro- I didn't properly hear you the uh, first time you said here's it. Here's a so question. In my head I was going. Here's Go a question. On. Would you rather have three <laughs> one-inch dicks or one three-inch dick? I would I would I would definitely have three one inch dicks because then at house parties like think about what a funny trick that would be to piss three different directions yeah but you never agreed where they are though Uh, yeah yeah you have no because it's one inch you haven't got much direction you haven't got much pivot within each yeah true gun, it's a fixed you know? place gun emplacement yeah but yeah but you could do like a head spin and just like absolutely fountain everyone <laughs> like the world's most sad slip and slide i call this one the venetian <laughs> <laughs> well wow. i think that's wow. a uh, that that's a, a really interesting place to um maybe stop 100 <laughs> percent. that is the the best outro we're ever gonna have uh, yeah matt thank you so much for for coming on it's I, i'd like to say it's been a delight but we'll let, we'll let, the, we'll let the listeners decide that one thank god people don't read the group chat <laughs> um thank you so much for joining us uh if you want to go and find matt anywhere on the internet uh matt i'll let you do this bit where can people find you just at Matt Parker Base on Insta, TikTok, yada yada, or mattparkerbase.com. Fantastic. Uh, and Chris, my dear, if people want to, for some reason, go and follow you, uh, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely beats me. But uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere under that guy on base. And please have a listen to my band, Darla. Nice and quick, two sentence wow. plug. Cheeky plug. Mate, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. We are funding things we cannot afford right now. It's got to be done. (laughs) One of us bought a Big Mac. (laughs) Right. I'm not even being funny. We're having those conversations at the moment. Being in a band is so hard. Who gets the weekly Big Mac? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm serious. We're planning stuff that involves travelling. And it's like... We're not going to be able to afford to like eat. This is awful. Let's think about that later. <laughs> well, you're going to eat the yeah. bun on the Saturday, and I'll eat the burger, and then you can have the exactly. lettuce. Exactly, <laughs> and then we'll play rock paper scissors for the gherkins. Loser eats the gherkins. <laughs> oh no! I Ooh. used to hate gherkins in it until well, I became I became a man, and yeah. then um, I realised actually wow. gherkins finessed it. And 100%. That, yeah, dill pickle in a burger is. I don't, mind, I, don't the... mind a, I don't mind a gherkin in a, in a burger. I'm not going to have one separately. I love how that's the yardstick for like masculinity now. Oh, yeah. It's not like whether you think about the Roman Empire or, or exactly. whatever. It's whether you think, about, I think send, about gherkins. We should send this to Andrew Tate. Caesar, Caesar <laughs> like just covered in dill pickles is a real image for me. Wow. Is <laughs> that a southern delicacy, that? <laughs> yeah, that's what we call it. Real that's what we have up here that's, in Sheffield. We've got that, dill pickle. That's the only Caesar salad I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before this descends into further chaos, uh, uh, if you want to go and follow me, make sure you do so on YouTube, uh, just forward slash Johnny Dibble, and the same on uh, Instagram as well as my two favourite places to hang out. If you want to start up a chat, whatever get in touch just have a chat um again if you want to ask questions on this very podcast head over to instagram at in the pocket pod we can do just that like all the lovely people that have done so today so thank you very much one last bit of admin before we go um if you're listening to this on your 
podcast platform of choice, um, please leave it a five-star review. It really helps. Something to do with algorithms. helps us reach more people. And what does uh, more listeners mean, Chris? Bigger guests. Bigger guests. And more gherkins and burgers that we can afford. Um, so thank you so much for everyone that's done so already. Lovely, lovely people. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Absolute chaos. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.